just go. Yeah. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing, man. How you doing tonight? Yeah, pretty good, man. I, I, you know, it's a little bit of a, I mean, there was all kinds of snow cancellations in the JMU schedule this past weekend. So um, we're glad to say we have a guest tonight because there wasn't much JMU athletics to talk about tonight. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But um, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime, mention the podcast, you'll get a free Mossy Creek sticker. I know they got some new batches of the like cool trout ones. Um, mm-hmm. So good time to go by the shop. And of course, it's just spring fishing season. So creeks are up. Uh, the snow will be melting this week. I think that was the last of it in the in the Shenandoah Finger, Valley this fingers weekend. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, but the water should be good and clear and, and ready to go. So um, good luck to everybody this spring. And we will see you out there at some point this year. Uh, Rob, we're, we could not have timed this better. Uh, this is our Welcome to the Sun Belt podcast, our sort of future belt member podcast and uh we're talking georgia state panthers our uh once and future rivals and we are pleased to be joined um by brady from the thursday night podcast and thursdaynight.com that's thursday with an e uh and the coolest thing of course is they are playing in the ncaa tournament this week so welcome and congrats brady (laughs) thank you thank you yeah it's yeah not not surprising in the in the moment, because the team really found their stride, but surprising from where they were a couple months ago, being six and nine in, uh, on the season and zero and four in conference play, just they flipped the switch, got really good, started winning games, and followed it on winning in Pensacola, cutting down the nets. Oh, yeah, cool. just before we get it, we'll, we'll get into like the whole conference move and everything. But can we just talk about that a little bit because I know <laughs> from the from the JMU side, we're we're hearing a lot of gruff from CA fans being like, "Oh, you're moving to a conference with a 16 seed." And first of all, two one bid conferences arguing about which is the better one bid conference is kind of ridiculous. There's room to grow in both, but I think Georgia State got a little bit. I don't want to say disrespected, but there's some logic behind the 16 seed due to the way they started. The last month or two was a totally different Georgia State team than the first month and a half of the season. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I guess what I could say charitably in defense of, you know, the committee or whoever is the team kind of underseeded themselves because of that start. Like, I don't think this is a 16 seed when you look at it on paper. And it wasn't what we thought going into the year. There, there were definitely higher expectations for how the season was going to go. You know, Elio Sisseme is down low, big man, big energy guy, and he missed the first half of the season. He didn't play until conference play, and so he was missing in some of those games. And he, he is really the guy more than anyone else that, like, sets that energy, and you've felt his impact coming back as they've been able to start winning games. And so maybe they win a couple of those, play more competitive in some of those if he's there. There are also some COVID pauses and just a couple of games where – you know, they played at Rhode Island, who is a comparable team. And it was one we circled as like, see how they compete in this one as they get ready for conference play. And ended up going without five regular rotation guys who couldn't make the trip. And some guys who basically didn't play anything but garbage time the rest of the year played significant minutes in that game by necessity, lost heavily. And so, you know, if that game, you know, if the, the whole roster is available, including Sisseme, there it's not a stoppage there. Rhode Island was a good team, but not a great team. That might be one you can win on the road. And that win alone maybe gets you to the 15 line rather than the 16 line. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you guys the margin are really is that close for, for mid-majors. You know, it's one or two out-of-conference victories plus a conference slate can really make a difference of one or two seeds. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching the tough draw. Tough draw. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they're in the they're in the mid-major pod. There, they. Yeah. It's, it's all it's a uh, Mountain West, AAC, uh, West Coast, and Sun Belt. There, I mean, anybody can come out of there, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're yeah. playing Gonzaga in the first round um, with Boise and Memphis behind that uh but still, umbc yeah i i don't know though i mean I, well look we're in the same boat it, when jmu last made the caa tournament it was or, or the ncaa tournament it was victor oladipo's indiana team on the one line mm-hmm. um you know i worked at unc greensboro for a long time we lost to gonzaga in the first round but in a close game like um, in some ways, the one good thing, I guess, is you all will be on TV this week. Like, right. everyone yeah. will talk about the Gonzaga game one way or the and other. <laughs> there's literally no pressure on the team. Like, yeah, exactly. Gonzaga's not going to feel pressure until it's a close game late. But, like, it is about them and being this consensus failure. You know, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure they're the highest pick percentage in brackets to win it all by some measure this year. Yeah. And so the one positive you have for playing a team like Gonzaga is that they are the team that's wearing it all. And and little old Georgia state can just hang around and even just not getting beat by more than the spread is going to be a win. And like you say, there's going to be, it's basically going to be a commercial for two hours Mm -hmm. and any moments that you have there that you're able to shine. And as long as you're able to keep the game going competitively, is a win. And then if they end up winning heavily, it's Gonzaga. It's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. 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 No, you're yeah. playing with house money at this point. There's and really, you know, there's nothing to lose. it does get back to like next year and for the future, you want to get back to doing what you've done previously in non-conference, win some games, you know, they won at Alabama the last year before this, they went to the tournament. They stacked up some wins in other years where it was like, it wasn't, are they a 15 or a 16? It was like 14 or maybe yeah. a 15. And yeah. that got you at least, more favorable matchups like beating mm-hmm. Baylor in 2015. And yeah, that's still not the goal, but that's, that should be back to the baseline and still making the tournament. Now three of the last four tournaments, they've been the Sunbelt representative four years and eight, four in the last eight years. Like you're continuing that momentum. And however this game goes, yeah, you still continue that going into a new arena next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys are too. I just saw that. Yeah. Um, that's what JMU just opened their new arena this year. Right, it's right. Exciting times. Um, for you all, before we move back to the beginning here, the one thing I want to ask on basketball is what do you think, what's your impression of the Sunbelt tournament in Pensacola? Uh, I think we're just, you know, you know, we're, we're just interested. And obviously right. like Georgia state, like you just said, three of the last four tournaments, like you all have had, you know, success there and um, reason to, to have fans there. Um, right. You know, what's your overall impression of that? I don't think we have any sense of right, that's one thing, yeah. one element we haven't talked about other than the fact we're really glad we're not having a curtain in the conference USA tournament. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. And got history of that as well. The CAA being not so friendly to leavers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, are- Pensacola is a nice city. You know, it's Florida in March. It, you really can't complain about that. And they rolled out the proverbial red carpet. Like there's signage everywhere. It's a really travelable city. Like I stayed out West in the West part of the city and it was 10 minutes for me to get from my hotel to the arena. There's places a lot closer than that even. And I think they were running some shuttles. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't staying in that area, so I don't know, but I heard there was something to do with mm-hmm. shuttles, but mm-hmm. the arena, like it's not, 
the biggest fanciest arena, but like if fan bases travel, it'll be good for what it needs to be. There'll be a good environment, tournament environment. And yeah, I, I guess I, it makes a little bit more of an awkward fit with the new additions. Cause there's three coming in from the Eastern basically on the seaboard. Yeah. But I, I think it's a better fit. You know, new Orleans is where it was before, which is even worse for you guys. But the arena was even worse. It wasn't mm. like it was happening in New Orleans. It wasn't an event in New Orleans. The New Orleans particularly was like, yeah. this is happening. Please. And Pensacola <laughs> has taken that on board. And so in that respect, it's an upgrade. And yeah, I'm interested to see as the new team. I mean, Southern Miss is adding another team that is closer to Pensacola. So you'd have a fan base there that could make the trip. So you know, mm-hmm. while the, the people up in the Virginia area may be less so good, there is at least one team coming in that it will benefit for. And so, yeah, I'm also interested to, be, interested to see how it continues to bring people in. Still, I think 2025 is how long it's going to be there for. So time for it to grow. Yeah. Well, it pains us to say it, but if Old Dominion is good again, they'll, their <laughs> they'll people, travel. Will tra- they'll travel for this because they, they care about basketball probably more than almost anyone in the conference, except maybe you guys. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, well, with that, we should start with, so how did your site, how did you get started doing what we're doing? And yeah. you know, tell us what the story is with Thursday night. Yeah. So there's four of us. It's me and David, Taylor, and Jordan. We were all in Georgia State Band together uh, for various times over the last decade. We're all recently graduated within the last five years and change, give or take. And we, I mean, I had done a couple of, podcast ventures with people in like college age time my problem was it was not niche at all it was just like general sports stuff and so there was like lesson one you have to learn with this stuff it's like you've got to have a market and learn that I still kind of had the bug to do something like this and we were just starting it out it was February 2019 when we started it up Uh, so the what three year not Mm -hmm. that long ago and it really was just going to be a podcast. Mm-hmm. But as we kind of put it out that we were doing this, we got more and more kind of just like word from people around Georgia State and people that were encouraging us, like happy to give us what we need. And it kind of grew from that. And, you know, I've been going to games cover. I was in Pensacola with a media like credential covering mm-hmm. it, doing all that stuff. And so it really just started as just a lark, like we were going to see where it went. and it grew more than what we were planning, but I'm, I'm fine with it because it's, we just wanted to get more people talking about it and have it be, you know, more sexy to be a Georgia state fan. Cause the biggest hurdle is getting people on board and they're, you know, Ben Moore, does a good job at talking Georgia state, talking them up, getting coverage. We've got for the first time last couple of years, Stan Autry writes for the AJC. He does a really good job covering the beat from the newspaper point of view. But we just thought there's still a vacuum to be filled. And since then, we've also, you know, State of Atlanta is another podcast of Georgia State people that do this. Um, They cover it more from the fan side. We look at it, you know, X's and O's more maybe. And, you know, they'd be the first one to tell you that. But it's starting to grow. And, you know, we're just trying to do our part to continue to get that interest growing because – you know, as we'll probably get into that, the biggest hurdle for Georgia State is just continuing to build that bigger, more rabid fan base that is more of a given for, I think, a lot of schools in the Sun Belt. No. Well, it's music to our ears because that sounds like exactly why we started. Um, Rob and I did a 
We were doing, we started as a blog, Jamie's sports blog, um, back in 2009. And we had already tried blogging about something more general that failed miserably. Failed miserably. Um, yeah. and, and this was a much better thing. Uh, yeah. So much like you guys and the same thing, just like, we're happy to promote every other JMU outlet we can think of, you know, fan produced. Right. Content. It, it doesn't we're all matter. in the same like, boat. Yeah. Like yeah. It, at some point we just want people to talk about, like the reason we do this is because we wanted something to talk, read and listen to. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, now you yeah. said something earlier and I don't mean to, to jump Go ahead, there, but with the new arena, like, can you tell a little bit, yeah. like, I know you guys refurbished uh, Turner field for the mm-hmm. football stadium and that's pretty cool. Like that's certainly a big improvement. I'd imagine over playing in the old, Georgia Dome. Like you yes. got your own thing there. It's very unique. It's cool. It's like it I mean, it's pretty easy to get to. And I used to live in Atlanta, so we scored a lot of games mm. game and everything. Um, where's the new basketball arena? What's that looking like? In the same area. Okay. Um, I don't know. If you know I don't I'm testing your Atlanta like turn off to a geography on a lark, but like there's a Ramada Inn a couple of blocks away from the stadium. <laughs> it's like across the street from where that site was. Okay. Um and Bigger picture, there's plans to hopefully get a baseball softball complex using like the Henry Aaron wall parking lot area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more pie in the sky. That's, you know, the finances isn't lined up for that. So it's not happening yet. And it's another thing that needs to happen because those facilities, they could stand to get a major upgrade as well. Yeah, but yeah it's still going to be and it's not like on top of each other. Like you see, like how like all the Philly stadiums are all right next to each yeah, other, right but it's basically country. the same thing. Like it's within the, a couple of blocks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of its own little wing of campus where you're going to have them all there. And yeah, the sports arena, lovable place, good memories. Um, it isn't a great gym, just objectively. <laughs> it wasn't ever really like supposed to be the basketball arena like it was, but they've made the most of it. It's kind of, the program has outgrown it. And so, yeah, definitely a positive, you know, Probably even maybe more so than getting out of the Georgia Dome, though. It's kind of a toss up because it, it was just so hard to get that interest and in, have an environment in just a really flat dome that couldn't be filled. Like even if you filled the lower bowl, it wasn't going to be what it was mm-hmm. at like a full Falcons game, whatever. But yeah. especially given it was just it was not drawing anywhere near full in the lower bowl, the attendance was not good. But yeah. Well, it was, I mean, that was kind of a, domes are kind of weird to begin with, but that was a particularly sterile one. It was just yeah. a weird environment. Like, and I'm talking even for Falcons games, right. this was a, it was a weird setup. So I think it's great. Like, I think it's so cool what they've done with yeah. Turner. It's very unique. It's, it's such a cool thing. Part of what makes college football fun is you've got these kind of like weird idiosyncrasies between uh, stadium layouts and everything. I think they did a great job with that one. So I've been happy to see how the crowds have, have, um, met it with enthusiasm the past couple of years and the support has grown. So looking forward to getting down there and seeing a game actually. Yeah. We'll have to wait at least a year. Yeah. Well, and not at least a year. It will happen next year. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, and speaking of pie, don't worry about pie in the sky things because uh, our fans today, they announced that we're moving volleyball from one facility to our former basketball facility. And that immediately started like conspiracy theory.com for um, <laughs> like, are we adding to the football stadium? Which is, <laughs> which is like, it's a long story, but they'd eventually have to tear down the old volleyball building to do it. So everyone today was like, well, this must mean crazy yeah. town. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> um, well, that's, um, I, I mean, I guess that's, we'll start there. Like how has the big, how, like what is the football atmosphere more fun? And, you know, what can our fans look forward to in 2023? Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, I, it's objectively better. Um, yeah. you know, the environment is outdoor, and so the noise is staying where it is. And, you know, it looks a little bit weird if you're looking at it, you know, maybe from like where I'm at in games on the press box where you can see the whole field and from the outside looking in. But like when you're in the bowl yeah. and you're not like trying to look around, like it's a normal college football, it's a bowled off, you know, college yeah. football, one tier yeah. stadium. Um, it's still like there's work to be done there. And I don't know exactly what timeline that is, but like it's still, there's still stands that aren't, have no use. I'm um, just yeah. kind of chilling in the outfield. And like, you can see that it's a, it's still Turner field. Like if you ever went to Turner field or whatever, like, it's very clearly still a, was a baseball stadium. You'd be able to pick that out pretty easily. But I think it being outside step one, just kind of being something you can call your own was such progress that, you know, even for the warts, it still is working through. You really can't say anything negative about it because it's what you want it to be. And, and it's going to continue to grow and, you know, Football's doing what it can to continue yeah. to get the interest growing. Yeah. And so I think the biggest hurdle, and this is again probably foreign to any most of the other schools, is that the student support is not great. And it's easier now. It, it's going to be easier now because there is so much more housing mm -hmm. and you know, student housing, apartments going up. In the there's the Summerhill neighborhoods right there, and there's people that like locals to the stadium that yeah. it's already doing a better job kind of building up than the brave stadium ever did. But like, that's the thing is that student culture drives so many athletics programs and that isn't necessarily there, especially compared to a lot of the schools in the Sun Belt, a lot of the successful football programs. So, you know, until that really takes off and, if I knew the solution, I would spare no yeah, yeah. expense shouting from the mountaintops, figure it out. But that's really what's going to make it take off. But it's, you know, when there is a full crowd in there and there was one, there's been a couple of like sellouts in the new stadium. It's a good environment. It's just about getting there on a regular basis. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I live right next door to George Mason University's undergraduate campus. Now, they don't have football, but it's I grew up in Fairfax. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we both did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but a very similar thing. Like when we grew up, Mason was like an afterthought. And now, like the more dorms they've built, the more students are there, the bigger, like, I don't Final know. Final four run helps. Yeah, that helps too. <laughs> but it, it's got, like, those kind of all that together makes it feel right. like a real, you know, it, it feels like a different, a whole different world. So, yeah. Um, so what, Brady, what's the best thing about the Sun Belt since you all joined? Well, I don't know how much you've looked into Georgia State's football history, but it's, <laughs> it's a little, it, it, it was rough for the, the start of it, hmm. but they got through that time. And now because they moved the Sun Belt when they did and took their lumps, not being at all prepared for F, FBS, hmm. I think it's just being in a FBS conference in football that's trying to win and, and as these moves show we're still trying to get better and better and you know now in the probably easily the best division in g5 football yeah, we're and, nervous. which yeah. is both good and bad yeah um so i don't know like just kind of it being fbs and getting in at the right time and now that they're through the side like the dark ages of just transitioning from fcs to fbs and not really being 
ready for it from a competition standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's and I guess on the other side, the Sun Belt when Georgia State joined was less good in basketball. And I'm not saying that like Georgia State had really good teams and that's why they made the tournament. That's why they beat Baylor, but it was an opportunity right when they joined to be the the best team in this pond. And yeah. so timing again for a different reason paid out there. And so, yeah. and I, you know, I think Georgia State's success, at least in part, brought on some of the other teams being like, we got to like, this team is going and beating teams in the tournament. Like we got to, mm-hmm. and, and I think football is still the driver and I think it's going to always be the driver, but yeah, Georgia State wants basketball to be like, I don't know that we're football first, basketball first, whatever. Like if we are anything, it'd be basketball first, but still want teams to continue to get better in basketball and strive towards where better seeds is kind of the norm. And no, who doesn't? Yeah. 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 Well, you guys tell people like Jamie fans who might not know that much about Georgia state. Can you, obviously football was, was a rapid startup, but then took the leap up to FBS. And now, I mean, I think you're kind of underselling it. Yeah. They took some loans, but gone to bowl games, had winning seasons. It it was a rough transition, but that's, and then basketball, I think people, people, Jamie fans remember lefty was there and RJ Hunter with the shot. Like what are the big standout moments for you as a, as a Georgia state fan? Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because I wasn't around for most of like history before it, but like <laughs> the lefty Drizel team that won a game in 2001 in the NCAA tournament was an 11 seed, maybe the best men's basketball team in the school's history mm-hmm. is the biggest event that probably happened in Georgia state athletics before this recent thing. And like the truth is that Georgia state athletics wasn't really anything but an afterthought for a lot of the history. Um, and when they added football and then added Ron Hunter, which, you know, changed the trajectory of the basketball program again. Mm-hmm. It like, I'm not just saying because recency bias and like, this is the golden age for Georgia state athletics. And the thought is, it's going to get better from here, but you know, the history is recent, you know, it's the lefty team when he came in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, went to the tournament, won a game. Then when Ron Hunter came, uh, the shot falling out of his stool and all. And then, you know, football, like I saw, you know, the team won two games in three years, my first three years in college. And they won eight years this past eight games this past year. And so it's like, and and that's the third straight year they've gone to a bowl game. So like the level of just growth that the football program has had in the time that I've followed Georgia state athletics has been just immeasurable. And, you know, there's still very obvious goals they can still get to it's not like a feeling of satisfaction like you still got to win a Sun Belt title you got to get to that 10 win mark you got to continually be the team that the power schools are scared of scheduling but you know for where it was to where it is now is it's been remarkable. something to watch yeah yeah you know it's remarkable that the transition yeah so our impression it's funny you talked about how the Sun Belt East is like arguably the best division in group of five, which I think we agree with now. Um, but our impression has been like that the other, maybe we're just, what I'm trying to get at is we, uh, it seems like the Sunbelt schools that are in the Sunbelt now have been okay with the schools that are being added. Yeah. Coming on board. Right. And yeah. is that, are we just seeing that through our own lens or is that uh, is in, you know, sort of accurate? No, I think that's a hundred percent. The truth is that, okay. you know, like, the Sunbelt fans 
when they saw like who the AAC was targeting, they're like, thank God that's not us. And then as it started <laughs> to trickle out, it was like, all right, JMU, powerhouse in football, the FCS level, right. Marshall, you know, App State yep. fans are thrilled that Marshall is in the East every yeah. year now. Like they've got those two big rivalries with them in Southern that they yep. are going to love. Um, <laughs> We're going to try to get in on that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're going up there this year. going to yeah. be up the well, mountain. Gonna be a our, chance. I mean, that's, that's both our, so that's our best game in program history is the 08 <clears> win over <throat> App State and our probably two or three of our toughest losses in program history. <laughs> so, App State, yeah. We're to App State. So yeah. But I think the overarching thing is just that, you know, football is the driver. And mm-hmm. right now I think you can talk yourself into all of them adding something like old dominion. I'm, I can't really get a read on. I'm going to have to see again to see how they do in the new East. But I mean, they went to a bowl game this past year. Southern miss has been bad recently, but like, I think the numbers that like, they've had like three losing seasons between like the forties and 2011. Like, yeah, so you think a program like that, like, they're going to find it again. Yeah. But I think aside from football, there's non-football things that each of them, whatever it is, adds to the conference. Yeah. And so, you know, Southern Miss is a great bas- uh, baseball program. Yep. Marshall has – this year was a down year for them, but have been a good basketball program of late. And, and they're uh, bringing men's soccer from straight right. off the national yeah. championship. Right, right like, exactly. And yeah. Bring it. I forget the the, the the rumored names, but it's going to be like one of the better men's soccer conferences in the country. I think they're getting like <laughs> Kentucky, South Carolina, right? Yeah, it's it, that's the talk for sure. Um, we're pretty excited about the it. word on the street. Yeah, yeah, and and we're so, certainly excited for our softball program. Yeah, and you guys with um, softball. Yeah, yeah, like you know, um, to come and we're hoping our baseball team can uh, can start to get back on track. Can step up, yeah, yeah, can step up, but feels, yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, um, we also we talked a little bit about the the stadium for football, but what's it like? Do some belt fans travel, and if so, what what sort of welcome do they face when they come to Georgia State? Yeah, um, definitely traveling fan bases. Um, in the, the Georgia Southern fans, uh, they they like they like football. They like their Georgia Southern Eagles, and whenever it's in Atlanta, they've got a pretty sizable alumni base. So there's always people at that game. And, um, the, uh, I guess the moment that sparked that rivalry for sure was in 2014. This is back to the dark years of football for Georgia state 2014. They won the Sun Belt their first year and they came up to Atlanta in October and won 69 31. And after the game was over, they unfurled a, Paulson Stadium North banner and the team like posed with it and stuff. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that the, the, that'll leave a mark. That's yeah. what they want to do. And then, you know, I'll, I'll save the, the revenge story for later. I know you're asking about particular <laughs> ones, but Georgia state got theirs back, but um, they're always going to bring a fan base. App state travels really well. Um, the other Detroit travels pretty well. And uh, they've gone through some struggles like this past year, they just fired their coach the week before they played the final week of the season. So mm. the crowd they brought to that game wasn't great, but like the first year in center um, park stadium, when it was Georgia state stadium, they brought a good crowd. They traveled to the dome when they played them there. So Troy's another fan base that I can say. And then, you know, the other ones in the conference uh, coastal, I can't really remember 
Like the last time Georgia State played them here yeah. in Atlanta didn't go great for the team. And also, you know, it was 2020, so I can't really gauge attendance yeah, on yeah, the year and all that was happening. So, um, and the other one's not really that close to Atlanta. I think I'm expecting all of the schools up your way to travel pretty well. That's the the vibe I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, we won't know about that until, except for Old Dominion next year yeah. and on. Well, I think we're hopeful. I mean, Rob, we, we have um not huge presence, but like both Charlotte and Atlanta, you know, we have like, re- and by JMU standards, sizable alumni bases yeah. um, who live there too. So we're kind of hoping some of those people are going to make make the trip, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm sure there's going to be for every one of the, well, I guess in the South yeah. fan bases that like new Turner field, maybe went to Turner field. Yeah. Went, we'll be like, I at least had to go once to see what it's about. Yeah. Rob, and it's easy gut. to get to. I mean, it's, it's Atlanta's an easy flight from yeah. most of these other schools too. So yeah. I was like, Rob went to grad school down there. That's why he's, yeah. he's sandbagging here, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, he, I know he's got people. Down yeah. There. I, I got, <laughs> I got, I got people down there. I'll, I'll be down for a game. I got yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, Brady, what, so that's the, oh, you kind of led into it with the Southern talk. Yeah. You know, uh, a, I'm guessing that's your biggest rival, but beyond, yeah. if, if I'm wrong about that, you can tell me, but other, no, no, no. beyond Man. that, has Georgia state developed, you know, what, first of all, what's that rivalry like? And <laughs> second of all, like, well, they don't you know, want it to be kinda, one. <laughs> right. Of course they don't. They, right? well, I'll say this is that their biggest rival is app state. And that's fair enough. Like they've got a history there. They've played some, okay. like, yeah. I think it's just kind of silly because there's an in-state connection obviously they brought that Paulson stadium yeah. North banner out. Like there is a rival and they've gone on this kick the last couple of years or like even like releasing an official video through their football team where it's like all their staff talking about, like they want what we have and they can't have it. And it's not a rivalry. And like, that was like the press, the media clips coming out from them before rivalry week this year was like their players being, it's not a rivalry. And they're losing the all-time series 5-3. Like, the strategy obviously is not working. <laughs> but, you know, they do have that, like, I think that their thing is, like, they feel like Georgia State fans are trying to make it this thing that they don't think it is, and they've got this thing with App, and that's fair enough, but, like, it's an in-state rivalry, and I see the way that they travel to even basketball games mm-hmm. versus, you know, where they travel for football to, like, South Alabama. Like, you travel more, you go to these games every year. It's an in-state thing. Like don't pretend it's something it's not. And also it just isn't working as a strategy of like winning the war. Like you guys are losing these games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Southern graduates, first of all, you know, to put that in quotes a little bit, but they all live in Atlanta. Right. right? Nobody lives in Statesboro. (laughs) Right. And the other one, it's, I wouldn't say it's a rivalry, um, it's a one that I think there's a chance to continue okay. to grow this way is coastal mm-hmm. because the teams have played since 2017. Mm-hmm. No team is won at home. Oh, wow. And, you know, Georgia state, the, the current football staff has a lot of South Carolina connections on the staff. And mm-hmm. so there's some, you know, inherent rivalries going on with this current construction of the staff, but like Georgia state just went up and got, the win against them when they were ranked in November this past year, first ranked win in school history. And, you know, it's been competitive games. They're obviously both teams 
you know, they hit the top of the mountain last season, but mm-hmm. Georgia State's still been going to bowl games. Like there's competitive games that, and it's close ish, you know, so I don't think it's ever going to be like a heated thing, but more just like a, a rivalry, just the way things have played out, especially with football. And, you know, there was always a thought that Troy would, but that's kind of going to be out because they're not in the same division in football. Yeah, the West, yeah. But like, they're the closest university in the Sun Belt to Georgia State. So that one always kind of made sense, but never really took off. And I, I don't think it's going to now, although they do kind of, they've beaten Georgia State in some basketball games, even when they've been having down years, they kind of stuck in Georgia State fans craw a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're kind of hopeful in the basketball area that like, I mean, I think we still have high hopes for, I mean, A, you, you're familiar with Mark Byington. Yeah. Uh, as is the rest of the Sun Belt. Uh, but, and, and I think JMU and ODU, and from what we know from the outside, Marshall, all care about yeah. bas- basketball, you know. Uh, so I, I think there's real potential there for as, as dominant as Georgia State has been the last five years or so in the conference. You know, we'd certainly like to like to see us challenge shake that up a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. like yeah yeah and you know the i think that that's all like it's all well and good going to the tournament three of the last four years for the last eight whatever but until it's like really like every year means a lot and like there are teams that should go to the tournament but don't Mm -hmm. the sun belt's never going to hit that level in sun belt that anyone wants it to be at like well don't worry we've been in the caa so it's the same (laughs) right nothing but like the caa you know, a decade At, ago. There was a time, yes. Yes. And then uh, got rated, you know, went to the A ten and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean VCU, old right. I mean VCU, George Mason, Old Dominion all leaving kinda you can't make up for that. And that's not gonna happen overnight here. It's it's gonna just be about teams making good hires, continuing to develop the hires they have, getting good mm-hmm. players in, but like I think that there's a good chance for the Sun Belt even with the down years relatively that the new teams had to kind of, you know, reset the standard a little bit higher in basketball. And that's what Georgia state wants, you know, Georgia state until they're going to the tournament every year, they're not going to be happy. But I think every year they go to the tournament, if they start getting more in like the 12, 13 range, because the way the conference is going, like that's the win. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we're just, too optimistic at this stage, but I think that's possible. I think there are enough schools that are committed and yeah, the results have not been there, um, particularly with the new additions all having down years. But I think you've got schools that are definitely committed to doing what it takes to build a successful program and in turn build a successful conference. Um, The JMU ODU rivalry in basketball, I think will lift both programs. Uh, I think it's just going to, it's going to up the intensity across the board. And I think that'll probably care for Georgia state. I, I think, you guys, I know you guys don't know much about ODU, but um, well, yeah, not like going. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Really good, I don't remember the numbers me. of the years exactly, but there was like an extended back and forth home and home with Georgia State and ODU for a few yeah. years the last decade. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. um, Hunter and Jones, I think probably had a relationship, so yeah. Oh, yeah. wanted to schedule each other, play like minded, out of conference games. So it'll be good when they want to compete and they've got a passionate fan base for basketball. So I think that'll be good. And I'm looking forward to the sun, but I think that, I think the trajectory is not sky high, but like you said, that 12, 13 seed, I think that's a reasonable goal for a mid-major conference. If you can get to that consistently, then I think you can turn the page and become a multi-bid league from there. Right. Um, it's going to take time, but yeah. there's, there's teams that are committed to doing it and, 
we'll see. We're excited. We're looking forward to playing some new teams. Oh, I can't wait. And it just it, like you said, Rob, I, I love the, uh, I mean, App and Georgia Southern, what they brought to football in the Sun Belt immediately, like just insta rivalry, like a game that people in the area care about. And that raises like the profile of all the other teams that play them and knock them off mm-hmm. since they came to the league. And I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that having the like JMU Old Dominion hate back together again is going yes. is, is gonna to help this a little bit. Yeah, it will help everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Despite the fact you guys have to come up here to another snow school now. <laughs> App, App was the only snow school, and now you have to come yeah. up here with us yeah. and Marshall. Hey, another <laughs> horror story from that time. Uh, the dark years of football was a, a an app game, a snow game in 2014. Um, that The first half was going badly enough. Um, I think they were down 24 nothing, 31 nothing, something like that. App was lining up for a field goal right at the end of the half. Georgia State's coach at the time, Trent Miles, used all three timeouts um, just because and app run a fake field goal for a touchdown. Oh, no. no. (laughs) Which, if I remember right after the game, the coach said, like, we had the fake on the entire time. But, like, I don't know that you did. I think that you got a little bit (laughs) mad at the guy just kind of calling timeouts just because. Um, But game did not go great up there in the snow. And I think it was the only snow game Georgia State's played, so. Maybe they're due for one where things don't go nearly as badly. Well, I, I, you guys are second. You guys are in November, mid-November this year mm-hmm. in Harrisonburg, so it's not entirely out of the question. You're our second to last. Yeah, it's still, it's still pretty unlikely. I mean, we're not unlikely. Before Thanksgiving <laughs> is very unlikely for yeah. us. Yeah, we're not Boone in that way. But yeah. um, but I don't know. It'd be nice. We play Coastal at the end. That'd be a good team to get in the snow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Gotta get those good, yeah. the beach chickens in the yeah. snow. Yeah. yeah. Um. Brady, anything else that you want to tell us about Georgia State, um, you know, Panthers fandom, or just like Thursday night, tell everybody where they can find you and, and find your stuff. Well, I teed up the one, the, the Southern Revenge story, and, and oh, yeah. I didn't know it was going to work yeah. it around, so I guess I can bring it back to that. Um, yeah. So 2014 was when that game happened, Paulson Stadium North. The next year, 2015, Georgia State starts out 2-6, and six, lost a game to Liberty with um, oh. It was not, you know, it was continuing to trend like this isn't going to be the year, yada, yada. And then at two and six, they rolled off, win at uh, Texas State. They beat South Alabama at home. They beat Troy at home. Sets up five and six to go to your first ever bowl game, travel on the road to Statesboro. And Statesboro, I believe they were eight and three going into that game. Like that was still Georgia Southern's really good. They felt like they had this series on lock, like they were never going to lose. Go in there, win 34-7. Get a bowl win. Hold them to, I think, the lowest rushing yardage they've ever had in their home stadium. Hold them to seven points. I think also the lowest point total they ever had in their stadium. And it reset everything. Yeah. And it was part of winning uh, two, three straight. And so they've had this – Georgia State's had the series lead since then. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So like, you know, you're asking about just moments like that is the moment. Oh, love it. Yeah. I think I actually remember that a little bit. I, I mean, I, I don't, too. I don't know yeah. that I watched, but I remember hearing people talk about like, wow, have you noticed like Georgia state is kind of under the radar and they got all the way back to six and six kind of thing. Yeah. I know all our, all those, right. uh, the, I don't know, whatever the, 
split zone duo every day should be Saturday umbrella <laughs> of people that seem to quietly follow the Sun Belt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember them talking about it. <laughs> That's good. So yeah, that, that, you know, single greatest moment in football, you know, even better than the bull wins. Like you can't top any rival like that in their own no. stadium no, to get to a bowl game. Yeah, no, that's a program changing win right there to get to six and six and to do it after a start like that against Georgia Southern on the road. That's awesome. That's the type of thing. Like that's what, that's why you look forward to regular season games, the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Rob and I just talked last week, JMU is going to Louisville this fall in football. Mm. And that's been on the schedule, you know, even when we were FCS and, and that was exciting. And, and then now that we're playing a Sunbelt schedule, we realized last week we were like, we have road games at Old Dominion and at App State. Like Care Louisville's the about, third. Man. Yeah, Louisville's like the third, not even the best road game on the schedule. <laughs> like, yeah. like right. not even, you know, in terms of like, because we lost to ODU the two years they were in the CAA with you guys. Um, and that's just been lorded over JMU for a decade. Yeah. So needless to say, uh, we, yeah, we would really well, like to get get one there. <laughs> and not to stunt everything to grow, uh, like a stop yeah. as, it, as we were getting to a good, but like I didn't mention this when we were talking about the stadium mm-hmm. earlier, but like Georgia State's playing, hosting UNC this year. They've got Vandy oh, coming yeah. there. And so, you know, talking of the stadium, that was yeah. never going to happen in the Georgia Dome. And it's going right. to be the same with basketball. That basketball, yeah. having the new arena is going to give you a chance to have people come to the gym. And that's the expectation now. They're like fans – the home schedule wasn't what people wanted this year in basketball played three non-division one games. It's something I think, the, you know, frankly, it's a problem for the Sunbelt in general. And the, like the commissioner needs to just be like, Hey, you guys can't schedule more than one of these. Um, right. But putting that aside, the two re- the arena and the football stadiums, giving them a chance to bring people here because teams want to like, they have most teams have Atlanta area kids yeah. on the roster that they want to recruit. Mm-hmm. And it just was never going to, they weren't going to play a game in the sports arena or in the <laughs> husk of the Georgia Dome. So that's another thing the stadiums brought. And so you speaking of Louisville coming. Yeah. For, or, or no, we're going there. We're going yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. But sooner or later. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we had UVA at our new basketball yeah. arena. This yeah. Year. In and fairness, we, you guys we, literally we, couldn't host any FBS school, let alone a yeah. P5 one. Correct. Yes. Under correct. the circumstances where you're FCS team. So now correct. the paradigm changes already. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our opening game is Middle Tennessee, um, which is, you know, like not super exciting from a national perspective. But for us, it seems like a big deal that we're we're playing an right. out-of-conference FBS game at home this year. Like, right. this is awesome. We're hosting Marshall for homecoming this year. Right. It seems like the greatest thing in the world. Like, I, you know, I yeah, it's it's really good. And And like you said about the basketball, I mean, our basketball arena was built as a farm show venue, the old one. Like it was never intended to still be here like 40 years later hosting basketball games. So the new arena, I mean, that's why we got to play UVA and beat them at the play. And you got Virginia there. Yeah. yeah and yeah. everybody rushed the court and it's like, awesome. You know, like, so it, it's just, yeah, really hopeful going forward. But, uh, but yeah, we're, uh, it's Thursday night with an E, like you said, yeah. um, that's it on Twitter. It's our website as well. Thursday night.com. Fittingly enough, we release podcasts on Thursday every week. Okay. <laughs> And oh, uh, cool. usually, okay. usually have content churning. I mean, that's not a hard and fast thing, you know, because of the schedule of things, we've mo- moved it around as it needed to, but it just kind of fits um, because, you know, football games on Saturday and then yeah. the Sunbelt schedule has been Thursday, Saturday in basketball. So it's kind of just wow. worked out that way, but um, usually have pieces churning on various things and off season going to have to dive into the things we need to write about stuff. Um, but 
pretty regularly going to be talking about Georgia State stuff on Twitter. If you're looking for a Georgia State voice, definitely would humbly put our hat in the ring. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We've been following you guys since we started making the move and looking for people on Twitter, at least. And, uh, you know, it's great stuff for JMU people that are looking for a Georgia State follow. You mentioned Ben more earlier. It's funny because I feel like he was in our life back in the CAA days, <laughs> and now it's like popped back up again. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of good there, – there really is good Georgia State content out there for our own people. Um, yeah. And Brady, man, good luck this week. Have fun with it. Is it Thursday or Friday? It's Thursday. Okay, Thursday. So, oh, yeah, Thursday. you guys are on the early session, right, too? Yeah, yeah. 4.15, so not okay. too early. Okay, okay. Good. Portland is, um, unfortunately, I'm never saying no, but as of Monday, as we're talking, probably not going to be able to swing getting out there. Right. Um, but still going to see the infomercial on TV and all and get it, yes. get all the coverage for the game. and Yeah. It'll be win fun, this thing. Gotta, yeah. gotta take on. it. Just take it like four minute at a time. Win four minutes. Win the next yes, four minutes. Yes. Don't lose yep. the next one by twenty. And you know, that's get on your way. Just maybe get to halftime within ten, so you feel like yeah. I'm there. Right? That's what you make want. sure the yeah. starters play regular yeah. rotations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't see Holmgren in the second half. Holmgren yeah, exactly. and Timmy. And then Brady, um, if you make the trip November nineteenth. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. Well, let us know. Yeah, yeah we may definitely. talk later this summer. Yeah, but um, maybe we'll even talk right before the game again. But yeah, my, my dad lives in Virginia, so oh, there's good. a reason I might end up heading up there anyway. So oh, yeah, I was, no, like I did just a the week before I, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah the, on, the only bummer is just that all the new schools are all in the last month, yeah, like within yeah. three week, four weeks of each other. So it's okay. like all three seems tricky, but yeah. I've got a reason to go to Virginia. So certainly, I'm considering it. Cool. I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast. No, no, yeah, I no, actually no, no. am considering this. Well, we, we will we will have a beer and some food waiting for you if you make the trip. So, yeah. Um, but thank you so much, Brady, and please thank your uh, your buddies that do this with you for letting you come on with us. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you guys have a great. Just enjoy this week, and and uh, hopefully we'll talk again this summer at some point. Definitely. Yeah. All thanks right. for joining us tonight, Brady. Thanks, man. to him.